This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Welcome to Disabled Persons Assembly's notable radio show. DPA is the voice of all disabled people, whether the disability be physical, sensory, learning, psychosocial or age-related. Over the next half hour, we'll discover how we can work collaboratively to achieve inclusion for all New Zealanders. DPA's notable radio show, a whole new attitude. Kia ora tātou, everyone. Welcome to DPA, Disabled Persons Assembly Notable Radio, for this Friday, the 20th of August, 2021. Welcome one, welcome all. On today's programme, we finally have, in the studio, live and in person, is Julie Wood, from that blind woman, Julie Woods. Welcome, kia ora. Kia ora, Chris, and kia ora to all listeners. Thank you for having me along today. It's good to finally (laughs) have you here. Anyway, we also have another guest in the studio, Mel Warhurst, who is the... Could you please state your title again, kia ora. Kia ora, Chris, I sure can. Organisational Development Specialist. Organisational Development Specialist. But you've been playing Julie's accessibility game, and we're going to talk about that and your experiences shortly. However, just first up, Julie, tell us about your new venture, the accessibility game. What is it, and how does it relate to disability responsiveness? Thank you, Chris. The accessibility game is a disability awareness tool mm-hmm. uh, that aims at moving sectors towards the disability sector. And inspired really by my why not response that I learnt since I went blind and saying why not to opportunities that came my way. In particular, do you want to referee a game of nude touch rugby? So decided to use the rules of a sports match to create a game that would be more accessible to able-bodied people in terms of moving towards the disability sector because I think disability can be scary for a lot of people. So the idea of pitching it as a game was to have some fun and to be a bit playful and to encourage them to move towards the disability sector. Mm-hmm. Perhaps, though, can you give us an example of a question from the game and see if I can answer it? All right, sure. Well, so we have, um, as well as questions that the players will say why not to, there are 20 of those, and they are questions like, do you want to learn sign language? Why not? Do you want to visit the Living Well Disability Resource Centre? Why not? Do you want to visit the Art Centre? Why not? Do you want to read Why Not? What a blind woman said to do you want to referee a game of nude touch rugby and more? Uh, is that, does that sound <laughs> like a book promotion to me? <laughs> The books are given away, Chris. Why not? <laughs> so they're, they're some of the questions that we encourage the participants to um, say why not to and then go out into the sector. And that's really, and I think your point about disability responsiveness touches on that. It's about responding to the call to get closer to the disability sector and to learn more about disability and to be less afraid of it. As well as the questions, Chris, we have the definition of disability as um, 
as it stands in the United um, Convention of Rights on Persons with Disabilities. We cover that off and also we look at access versus barriers. We look at ableism and I've got some red cards that um, have acts of casual ableism on them and the players get to explore the concept of ableism because I think that's a um, an unexplored territory of disability as well. Mm, mm. Mm. And also it's alternatively known as disabledism as well. Mm. Yeah, well, that's right. It's um, really in exploring or researching um, the theory for this game, I was quite astonished at how much I didn't know about ableism mm. and how much in the past I've seen disability as my problem not as the problem of society. It was the fact that I had a problem in seeing, not the fact that society had a problem in reducing the barriers for me to access what I needed. So it was quite a transformational shift for me as well. And I think we noticed that, um, Mel might share with you in a minute, but I noticed that with the players when we touched on ableism within the game. It was, it was quite profound for some of them. Either those who didn't have a disability or an impairment, or those who did. Mm. How did the game, though, more specifically come about? What gave you the idea for it? I have created the Why Not game, which I've used for different areas in terms of getting out of your comfort zone, but I skewed it towards disability when I approached the Southern DHB around their disability awareness work and um, pitched the idea to them. And they said, why not? Yeah, uh, so I thought, well, let's, mm. um, yeah, let's use the why not concept to encourage people to move towards the disability sector and then um, wrap around this other theory um, to, to create the game. That sounded or sounds a very good basis for it. Julie, though, did you test it out on anyone prior to launching it onto the world? <laughs> um, we we kind of took the approach with do learn do. So we, we took it. We took in perfect. Well, I took in perfect action. I'd have to say, but based on twenty four years of being a blind person, um, moving within the disability sector, working in it. Um, having, you know, friends, people who have impairments. So a lot of it, I, I guess I brought a lot of that experience to it, Chris, and I knew the why not concept worked So because I'd worked with other people um, playing other games with why not, so I was fairly confident that that was going to work. That sounds a very good proposition <laughs> to base it on. Do I pass? Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, <it's> you. <laughs> Now, Mal, coming to you, you've played the game. How did you find it and what did it do to you and your colleagues? I must admit, I was very naive going into the game and the game definitely improved my awareness around disability and the fact that it's actually the environment, often, as Julie said, that makes the impairment a disability. Um, and it made me more confident to actually ask the question, how can I help? Because everyone has such different needs. In there. Mm. And so it really built my confidence there. And Julie's touched on some of the stuff that we learned, but um, particularly some of my highlights were the barriers and enablers that people with a disability or impairment face, particularly around accessing health services. Um, and also casual ableism, and just to be more mindful of it. And one of the things for me was language inclusivity 
um, saying things like blind as a bat and just trying to remove those phrases from our everyday words. Mm. In fact, you've got a jar in your office, don't you? Yes, we do. Yeah, they do. How cool is this, Chris? Wow. How full is it? (laughs) Yeah, we're trying to be pretty careful, but we have to come up with, if you use a phrase that's not good or a word, then we have to reframe it. And then that has to be written. So the other one gets crossed off and the new words get written. Ah. Mm. That's great. Great awareness. Great. So instead of coins, as there used to be in the old days when you had a swear jar, <laughs> instead you put pieces of paper in with new phrases or the old phrases. Is that how it all works? Yeah. So we cross off the old phrase and then the new one gets put on and it's – Instead of having to pay money, it's the embarrassment that you actually said something that was not all right to say. Mm. Yeah. Ah, That's fantastic. Cool. (laughs) Mel, would you recommend the game then to anyone else? Yes, absolutely. That's why we've um, set up a lot. Uh, We've set up two more games, haven't we, Julie? Mm. And for that, we had in our group such a wide variety of people in the room, and everyone had really different experiences um, in how they've, you know, either been uh, like had a disability themselves or worked with people with a disability um so everyone was so different in the room and everyone sort of left the room with a different learning which was really awesome oh, that that sounds really mm. good and i think that's quite important that you've taken this game julie into a healthcare setting given that many disabled people experience health disadvantage Exactly. And one of the exercises that we didn't touch on much was uh, barrier or access. And I use an example of an appointment that I had with the eye department earlier this year. And I go through a scenario which has 10 points to it. The first one is that I got sent a letter notifying me of my appointment time. And the last one is um, I actually show a piece of paper that I was given by an ophthalmologist this year with my pre op instructions on it and that information was in print so I ask the players to identify is this a barrier mm. or is this an access uh, does this enable access and some of them and um, there were six points that enabled access and four that were barriers so encouraging the staff to look at what's happening identify barriers and then saying what's one thing that I could do to enable access for Julie Mm. for Chris, whatever the impairment is. So handing the responsibility to the individual staff and giving them the tools for them to be able to see it. Mel, I think that was really, I think that worked really well. It was good to empower the individual staff who are working within a system which sometimes may not be accessible. Of course, that mm. access to healthcare is a real mm. issue for disabled people, mm. as well as the responsiveness of the people delivering it. That's right, exactly. And that's who we were playing the game with. And it's about closing the gap between health and disability. Mm. Mm. Even though there is, of course, as we know, the medical and social models and so forth. But we won't get into that today, but I think that it's good that you're focusing on the access to health care, which is quite important. Absolutely. It's a huge part of, of having an impairment. So, And it's great that the Southern DHB have jumped in and um, they've been really supportive and been open to, to doing all this learning. It's great. It's, mm. it's really re- They're really receptive and the players were hugely receptive. Great. 
Julie Utter plans to market the game more widely and to have it used as a disability responsiveness tool elsewhere. Well, we talked about the health sector, Chris, but really this is a game that could be used within the business sector, hospitality, um, you know, any any other sector really, education, um, teaching people about ableism and encouraging them to move towards the disability sector is something really that is relevant to a lot of sectors, but those in particular who are, you know, who provide a service. So, yes, of course, Chris, there are plans for world domination. Well, that's good to know that there <laughs> I'm are. I'm going home to work on them. <laughs> They're brilliant. <laughs> Watch out, world. <laughs> It'll all be pink. The pink world. The pink world. And it's wonderful. For those who are obviously on radio, (laughs) as we are, I I have to say that Julie is wearing her Why Not hat today, which is pink with a white dot showing the Why Not in pink lettering. And I've got on my back, Chris. Why Not is the same there. Same colour scheme, people. Do we have um, a couple of minutes to make a presentation to Mal? Basically. Excellent. So because Mal has said five, um, why not five times to the questions that were in the game, she gets a badge saying that she is an access supporter. And she's told me this morning that she has said why not five times. So Mal, I'm going to present you with your badge. Thank you very much. Actually, has Braille uh, access in Braille on the front of it. Um, So, congratulations! You are now an access supporter. Thank you very much, and I very much enjoyed doing the five why not challenges that I've done. I've got fifteen to go to complete the set of cards that I've got there. Yeah. But the five were very interesting. I um, went to CCS Disability Action. Mm -hmm. I read Julie's Why Not book. I listened to a podcast. I read the Southern DHB's Disability Strategy. And I've now forgotten what my fifth one was, but I promised there was a fifth one. Living Well Disability? Did you go to the Living Well? Yeah, she's done five. So if the players say, why not five times, they get a badge saying they're an access supporter. If they say it ten times, they become a champion. And if they say it 20 times, they become an an ambassador. And a badge and certificate um, goes with the ambassador. So that's the pathway that uh, we've created to encourage players to keep moving along and saying why not. So congratulations, Mel. Thank you very much. Wow. <laughs> it's pretty cool to have an award presentation on the program, <laughs> even though we couldn't visually capture it. <laughs> Bigger than the Academy Awards. But, hey, yeah. It's a start, isn't it? Well, this yes, is quite my, significant, I feel. It is indeed. It, it's great that you've also injected positivity into the whole process as well. Good, thank yeah. you. And just hearing Mel uh, recite the things that she's done and, and, you know, the podcasts that she's listened to and the books and the literature that she's been reading, that's the great thing about the game. It, it's the action that occurs after the players step outside of the matches and really that's about applied learning and to me that's the most important or the best kind of learning that you can have. Absolutely. One more thing I might suggest, Julie, to add to the challenges is that people come along to a meeting of a disabled persons organisation. Yeah, that could be something you could add. Yes, add to the 
that's a good idea. Absolutely. Yeah. And we have our um, disability community working group that we meet with, so I'm on, um, part of that group as well. And so that's a good idea for that, but I'm sure there's lots of options there as well. Certainly. Yeah, yeah. that's a great idea, Chris, actually, because um, we're always looking to adapt and modify the questions and, and keep what works and let go of, of what we think doesn't. So that certainly could be something that, yeah, that's a great idea. Mm. Why mm. not? Exactly. Why not? <laughs> and we've set up a network so that um, everyone who goes through the game can be part of this wider network. So we continue posting in that. And probably every second day someone posts a new thing that they've learned or an article that they've read so that we can continue that momentum moving forward as well. Mm. That's great. Great. Yeah, great. That's, that's great. good. So, Julie, if people want to get hold of you to find out more about the game and your other services, which you provide, where can they get a hold of you? They can get a hold of me on my website, thatblindwoman.co.nz. They can email me, julie at thatblindwoman.co.nz, or they can phone me on 021-913-513. And I'm also on Facebook and Insta, Chris. And she's on LinkedIn. Oh, I'm on LinkedIn. That's right. I am on LinkedIn. Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. Quite right. She's networked with every social network (laughs) online. Is there anything out? Have I forgotten anything? (laughs) That's fantastic, Julie. Julie, it's a great product. It's something that I think is quite innovative. And I hope that more people will play the game and become more disability responsive. Thank you, Chris. That's the intention. And I figure it's worth putting all my experience and know-how and the things that I've learned in in my time, 24 years as a blind person, um, towards teaching others about disability. And it's really exciting for me to be able to do that and to share. On that note, that's a good way to leave it. Thank you very much, Julie Woods, that blind woman, and Mal Warhurst from the Southern District Health Board who played the accessibility game, and that's available via Julie Woods, that blind woman. You're listening to Chris Ford on Disabled Persons Assembly Notable Radio. We're almost out of time for today, but before we go, a special message about next month's monthly meeting. Next month we will have, on Wednesday the 8th of September, guests from the Dunedin City Council. They are Mayor Aaron Hawkins and also Councillor Rachel Elder, Chair of the Disability Issues Advisory Group of the Dunedin City Council. That meeting will be held in the McNabb Seminar Room, third floor, Dunedin City Library and also on Zoom. I will send out the Zoom invite to anybody who needs that. Anyway, that's me for now. Thank you very much for tuning in today. We're back on air on Friday, the 3rd of September, for another edition of DPA Notable Radio. Until then, ka kite Disabled Persons Assembly is Aotearoa New Zealand's first pan-disability organisation, acting as the voice of all disabled people, whether the disability be physical, sensory, learning, psychosocial or age-related. Dunedin meetings are held on the second Wednesday of each month, and we can provide free transport assistance and a New Zealand Sign Language interpreter when required. If you'd like to know more, call Chris Ford on 476-7579 or 027-696-0872. 
and you'll find our national website at www.dpa.org.nz. Disabled Persons Assembly, a whole new attitude. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.